You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out EasyAgentPro slash podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you EAPers are. Welcome to the In The Lead podcast with me, Chris McHale. And then we also have Tyler, Robert, finally, and Kelvin sitting in with me. And we're just going to get, we're just going to dive straight into the fantastic questions you folks have on BeatZillow. Um, The three of us on the last podcast really enjoyed answering those questions. And we thought that that was really great content for you folks, um, helping you out, optimizing your site and everything. So if you would love to say hello to all the EAPers out there. What's up, everyone? What's hey, up, guys? Going? Man, Robert, Chris was showing, he's throwing shade at you right out of the gate, man. You missed one to. podcast. I had to call one. It was two. What are you talking about? One. It's been two so far that he's missed. Oh, was hey, it two? This, Shoot. This is a, there's an important lesson involving calendars here. <laughs> I did. Okay. One of them, you're right. One of them, I will own it. It was my fault. <laughs> Scheduling, totally man. Tyler's made it to every single one. Yep. I know. Ty's Ty's the master. The grandmaster. He's the ninja. He's the EAP ninja. <laughs> awesome. So let's just dive right, right into the questions here. Um, the first one I want to talk about is uh, Ele- uh, Erica Melbrody. Sorry if I destroyed that last name. She said, hi, everyone. Could someone please explain the difference between Facebook ads and Facebook boosts? I know that when I create an ad, I normally go to my ads manager. And I know that when I create a boost or boost any posts... Uh, how how does the two work differently or the same? Figured oh. this one might be a perfect one for Kelvin since he's the Facebook master. That's funny. I literally just answered this question this morning for wait, us. Wait, wait. Kelvin's the Facebook master? Tyler, hey, you're not on it anymore. He's going to take offense to that. <laughs> go ahead, Fine. Kelvin. Don't cut you're Kelvin off. Go okay. Go Thank you for interrupting me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Erica, boosted posts are the most basic form. And he's gone. Excellent. All right. Um, let me Tyler, see. Sorry, where was I? Answer? I was opening up the question. I wanted to see what I said. So, Erica, the <laughs> Facebook boosted posts are the most basic form of advertising on Facebook. You can boost a post only when it is actually on your Facebook business page. There are a few key differences, though, between boosted posts and Facebook ad campaigns. The first of which being the degree of targeting. Fa- uh, boosted posts do let you use a lot of the main targeting options that Facebook has for you, but Facebook ad campaigns allow you to dip, drill even deeper into things like income, for example. Um, Also, boosted posts do not come with a call to action button like Facebook ad campaigns. And one more big benefit to Facebook ad campaigns is the location that you can actually advertise, the right sidebar, the newsfeed, uh, ads on Instagram, for example, whereas the boosted post is just limited to the newsfeed on Facebook. And that's basically yeah, all not, I said. Uh, so there's not really a big difference <laughs> between them. Boosted post is just Facebook's grab at making it um, easy and tempting for you to spend money and give them money for questionable results. Um, so if you click the boost button, you're basically setting up a super easy ad with probably minimal targeting um, where the the basic end result what you're buying is probably comments maybe clicks on the link maybe not and likes your page and likes your post and so for a lot of people that might be an easy way to start and and when we were starting you know with some of the stuff that was that was that was good enough 
Um, so it's a good it's it's a good enough. It's a good way to get going. Uh, we just posted the ultimate guide to Facebook ads. So I know we're it's by the time this goes up, you know, it'll probably be Monday or something. But it, you should go look that up. It's probably a 2,000 word guide. It explains everything about Facebook ads. I'd read that, understand that, because here in 2017, like I'm telling you, you can buy one $2 emails from Facebook. You can buy one to four or $5 leads from Facebook. Um, and it's really a powerful way to grow your business. Um, so I would, I would go maybe start, you know, get, get used to it with the boosting. And then once you sort of have that under wraps, um, go look at the ad platform itself in depth. Yeah, I think boosted posts are a great way to just dip your toe into advertising for the first time, especially because if you try to jump right into the ad campaign manager without any experience uh, involving Facebook advertising at all, it can be a little overwhelming. So I think, I think you're right, Ty. I think that's a great way to get started with ads. And I kind of lean towards the other side. I think if you want to run your first ad and like getting, you know, getting started, spending five or 10 bucks and just see what happens and kind of get a feel for it, that's okay. But you may as well take 10 minutes, read that guide to its entirety. It's literally step-by-step step and just set some basic targeting up. We have, you know, successful campaigns that are already there with all your location settings and stuff. And I, I think you should just, you should just try just a little bit of targeting and then not get carried away with it, but just start doing one slice. You know, are you going after women, men? Are you going after interest? Are you going after income, location, uh, zip code, that type of thing? So I think it's just good to get a little bit of of, of targeting in there, um, so you're not just throwing money away because it, like your your you know your losses, you feel them a lot more when you're not consistently generating leads. So while it's fun to experiment once you have leads. Um, you need to set up a, a kind of a conservative campaign off the bat, and I think boosted posts kind of kind of hamper that. Yeah, I would bit. say that's probably that's that's pretty well, accurate. There we go. I so think that. with boosted posts, um, I just pulled up some of our like old ad, like you get, you know, you can boost a video like that's something that where it might be actually good to boost it. Um, but if you're boosting something like a landing page or a blog post, I would say I would I would question what you're doing at that point and whether it's really actually helping your business. I think that's what Robert was saying too, maybe. Yeah, your end goal. You need to tie in your end goal. If you're looking for people at a certain income level, your desired customer um, is kind of is from this part of town or something like that, you're going to just want to start off on the bat, right off the bat, um, instead of kind of just playing around and then focusing. It's just going to waste money and, and resources that are kind of unnecessary. Well, there you go. I think that's a fantastic answer. Um, you got the best of both worlds. Uh, you know, each one has its pros and cons. And it, like you said, tighten that end goal. Um, maybe boost a video, but with blogs or other things, you might want to think about a different advertising strategy for it. Uh, hopefully we helped you out there with that great question. And we'll move on to the next one with uh, James Ball. And he goes, hey, guys, I tried to replicate Karen, At uh, Atkinson's car Karen Atkinson Carr's single-story ad. I noticed the suggested bid price is $2.08 um, to $3.29, but Karen's was only $0.35 cents to $0.57. Cents. Is so, there any way I can lower this? Go ahead, this? Calvin. So... <laughs> Go ahead, Ty. Oh, I saw yeah, you. No, no, I saw you. I saw so you. nice to each other now. But, um, with with suggested <laughs> bids, one, it's impacted by your location. There's like, you, all Facebook advertising is, is it's a bidding platform. So imagine right now Facebook has five people on it. Basically, like 
health beauty people, um, soda people, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, they're all trying to bid on those five people. Uh, and maybe Pepsi and Coke want to bid on the first four of them and uh, health and beauty people want to bid on them too. The price is going to be higher and no one wants to bid on guy number five, so that's lower. So if you set your targeting up super highly specific with maybe some income stuff and going to move soon and some like really, really tight radiuses, we generally see that the average or the suggested bid goes up. Um, the one caveat to that is if you have, let's say, a, a customer list, you upload that and create a lookalike of that, then your cost per click, cost per action goes down dramatically. So I would suggest uploading an email list, uploading a paying customer list, and um, creating a lookalike of that of people mm -hmm. in your area that look like those people and then running it to them, that should lower it dramatically. And then look at your ad again, maybe strip out some of those targeting options and see if it goes down. Uh, sometime, honestly, some of the worst ads we've ever ran uh, were where we got really, really specific with the targeting. For, for really? cost per, yep. And, I, and, and if you Calvin, think about you... it, Facebook has this yeah, thing called lookalikes. And what they're doing is they're using their millions of data points they have to find people that look very similar to them. But when you go out there and you're like, oh, right. I want them interested in this with this type of income, you're cherry picking like five freaking things. And it's creating this like, this, this, it's really not specific at all. Um, because you've, you've used these random data points to try to pull some type of avatar together. And so that's, that's sort of what we've seen uh, from our campaigns in the past couple months. Um, it, you could also just live in a way more expensive area than Karen, and that could be the simple answer to that. Yeah, absolutely. Kelvin, did you want to say something? Yeah, so, I mean, just to build on that too, Facebook has this, has, you know, ad inventory. And basically, when you're, when you're trying to compete um, for the same type of eyeballs that a bunch of different other people are, that's going to adjust the suggested bid. And Facebook wants to make money, so it's an auctioning system. Um, basically... Like Tyler said, if you're if you have a more concentrated audience, we we talked about lookalike audiences, I believe, on the last podcast pretty heavily because that's been our main focus in terms of targeting. Um, that's where you're going to actually have a good impact to the suggested bid. But on the end of on your in the end of the at the end of the day, I would just focus on the um, the overall budget that you have to actually place on the ad campaign for a given time frame, um, and then adjust the targeting, like Tyler said. Perfect, perfect answer, guys. And really. then. Oh, Robert's got well, Chase chiming I in. I got so speaking from a like a purely monetary standpoint, just literally focusing on money. If you try everything you can think of and you're still trying to replicate this campaign and you just happen to be in an area that it's just not going to be it's just not going to be cheap. It's not going to be as affordable as, as you'd like and you wouldn't be able to scale and, and make a good enough amount of money. Um, you can also like segue that into a retargeting ad um, that is just purely for people that have already visited your site mm -hmm. and then finding a way to drive cheap traffic. Cause just because that key, this campaign is expensive in your area doesn't mean other campaigns aren't. So you can drive a, a massive amount of traffic, find something that's cheap and that um, is, you know, relevant and then start retargeting them with your ad and you're getting, you're using the same ad at a lower cost just because you actually found the people and they're your list and you're retargeting them. Well, and and another thing as well that I'm kind of noticing here that there's some information missing, like the time frame that the ad's been ran. 
um, stuff like that. Would that affect that, or would it that could be, a be potentially? As well? So the the ad seasons do have a factor, right? Like Christmas and um, end of the year is a really spendy season. Yeah. July is another really spendy season with the back to season stuff. Right now we're in a low season, so the bids are generally cheaper. Right. Um, so it can go up and down a little bit, but I'd say the location is like, like you just cannot compare your locations uh, to other locations for ads. It's just completely not comparable at all. Right. Interesting. Very cool. Well, that was, I think that was fantastic. Thank you guys so much for helping him out with that. Um, hopefully that made sense to you and you got a little bit more uh, education on it. Uh, we'll move on to the next one. Um, Limriz uh, Hernandez asks, so I'm currently blogging daily and sharing the blog to our Facebook business page at around 4.15 p.m. daily Monday through Friday. I'm also trying some Facebook ads to bring in leads. My question is, what will be the best way to increase the amount of followers in the business page since I only have around 400 currently? First of all, 400 is pretty dang good, I think. Um, with that said, you guys can take it away and see if you can help her out. Yeah, I think 400 is a really good starting point. Um... And I think this plays to the, in terms of advertising to actually get likes, this could go back to the boosted post ad campaign debate. We don't do boosted posts anymore, but a lot of the ad campaigns that we've been doing have had a very positive spillover effect in terms of likes to our Facebook page. So just consistently advertising your content um, using ad campaigns has had a really good impact um, in growing the EAP Facebook page. I imagine it would have the same impact on a real estate Facebook page. Um, but then you can also be you know, directing people from other social networks or your email newsletter back to your to your Facebook page and, you know, requesting reviews and likes to the page and actually asking for people to help you grow your business so the, there. So one thing um, I would say, the hack I don't know, anything... Uh, so there are two things. I'm going to share a hack, some quick tactic to grow faster, and then I'm going to share, like, my thoughts on your question and something I think you're misunderstanding. So one, um, the, the quickest way to grow your Facebook page is to turn that from... Lindsay or Limery's uh, Facebook page for real estate into like living in Orlando, right? I just pulled up and it looks like you're from Orlando. Like if you change your Facebook page to living in Orlando and boost it, you're going to get 35 cent likes. I was just talking to an agent uh, in, in Philadelphia who is running a page like that. They're getting 35 cent likes to their Facebook page with their realtor picture on it that says like realtor in it. They're getting a dollar fifty likes okay so that's a 3x difference so if you're looking on growing likes and getting people to read your blogs change your have two have two Facebook pages one for your business and one that is sort of um, a media company for your business so that that's how I would get more people reading those blogs and that's how I would like grow your your business faster second of all you're asking um, just so to read the question again I'm just gonna I'm gonna point out the words that I heard when so you said you're blogging daily you're sharing on your Facebook page, you're trying to bring in leads, and you're talking about the followers you have. So you're talking about blogging, you're talking about Facebook, you're talking about leads, and then you're talking about your um, followers you have. So I would say you have to think of this as a funnel. Blogging is totally the middle of the funnel. It's totally how you convert cold people into people that are knowing, liking, and trusting you and then doing business with you. It's really hard to grow the top of the funnel rapidly 
through blogging. It's really easy to convert a small number of people um, that already found you to like you and do business with you better once you have those blogs there. So it's a really fantastic tool to convert people. That's why we put them on lead sites. Um, that's why we talk about it so much because it's a really great way to get those cheap or free leads. Um, the second thing is you're talking about leads and then your question is about the followers on your Facebook page. Those two things aren't correlated. They don't work with each other at all. So what I would look for is I would, I would write an ebook about one of these blog things. I would go out there and try to get dollar to $2 email addresses for that ebook. I would email your blog posts to everyone who downloads that. And then what you're going to do is those ads for that ebook are going to grow the people who like your page. The emails you get are gonna grow the people that read your blog and thus do business from you. And you're going to find a number that's like, if I get 100 emails, I sell one house. You're gonna discover that number. It's different for every business person um, out there based on the infrastructure you have. But that's how I would tie together those four things you ask in that question. I don't think you're thinking about it that way right now. And I think if you did, your um, effectiveness of the blogs, of the money you spend, and of your, your digital marketing would go way up. All right, Calvin, did you want to add some more? No, I'm good, but I think Robert wants, did you want to chime in, Robert? Make it rain, Robert. Well, <clears throat> so, yeah, um, I I completely agree with Ty's point. That's where, that's where I was initially headed, is that when you're, when, like, the your success on social media, your amount of followers, your amount of shares is completely dependent on the amount of engagement, engagement and stir up you can kind of create in a group. And that, that means talking about a subject, talking about something that your audience will love, something that you love because you're going to be doing it a lot. Um, so it's something you need to be passionate about. So being, um, you know, agent limerous, uh, posting posts on, on your Facebook is one thing, but it's not necessarily, it's like, okay, this is a business and they're posting content. And that's a great indicator. And when they go to your site, it's going to be great, but it's a very different scenario from having, you know, um, we love Orlando Facebook page and being like, what are your favorite things about Orlando? Here's my blog. I wrote about it and injecting it, creating conversation and giving people something, um, to, to, to kind of work with. That's just not, um, just kind of shallow, like level on just on your Facebook, you know, it's not coming from a business. It's about a topic. So people are more likely to engage. I mean, if you look at our Facebook group versus our Facebook page, the engagements are completely, completely sided towards, um, you know, like the group towards giving value towards answering, but questions, to go off that, like that's the difference between sales and, then, and between marketing. Marketing's all about that engagement, getting people to talk, the community, yep. all that like stuff that you, like half of you talk. And then sales is like the transactional thing that I tried to outline where X equals this means I sell a house. Which are two completely separate, separate. functions. Exactly. That you, and you have two hats on. So you need to manage those both accordingly and plan for each of them. Um, yeah. So, you're doing, but you should you shouldn't feel discouraged. Yep, but like you're doing the right question, things, yeah. right? You're doing the exactly right. The right That's what thing. I was gonna say. Too. You just gotta think of the flow through in there just slightly differently. 
Well, I was just going to say, um, you're one of the very few individuals that do post blogs on daily, which is fantastic. And I always urge people to do that. I'm sure every single other podcast, you've heard me say it, um, making sure that you do generate that footprint online <clears throat> and create your own original content makes you stick out, right? Um, you may be, you know, sell whatever sells Orlando or something like that. But as an individual who wants to purchase a home or have an individual help me sell a home, I don't care about the Remax logo. I care about Miss you know, I care about the individual who's helping me through that process. And blogging is a fantastic way to just kind of stick, you know, stick out, right? You're not the, you're not the balloon. You're the actual real estate agent that's going to help me. So like they said, separate the two um, and wear two separate hats and manage them accordingly. Um, so yeah, I agree a hundred thousand percent with you guys too. If that made sense, I probably just rambled on for 30 seconds for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, we're cruising right along here. Uh, John Hazeltine or Hazeltine, sorry if I tore up your last name as usual. Um, I thought this one was pretty cool. Uh, he goes, okay, I just came through the most successful lead gen I've ever had. Um, 12 leads in 24 hours, so congratulations to that. Um, less than $20 spent. Uh, what's the prevailing wisdom on shutting down a campaign like that? When does it need to be refreshed? And assuming that I have the capability, uh, the capacity to handle the leads, what is the life cycle of a successful ad campaign? I think these are fantastic questions. Uh, Kelvin, if you want to take it away, or Robert even, because he's smiling, he's pumped. So Robert, why don't you take it? Oh, I was, I didn't, I just, uh, I was kind of rolling <laughs> over a little bit. Uh, just, um, so, well, I'd, one thing we've seen is that when you, when you, have some success in a campaign and you immediately inject income into it and try to scale it bigger than it's been performing or make a change to it, it can have an effect on it um, of, you know, maybe raising the price or, or being less successful. Um, so they've, I've, I've heard of strategies to kind of just clone. If you want to make a modification and test that run it as a test, a true test. So make a, make a split copy of that uh, clone a campaign and then, do your, do your adjustments on it and then compare the two. Um, and then regarding, you know, life cycle of a successful ad campaign, I think that's, um, I think that's hearsay. Nobody, you know, each one could be, could be more successful than another. That being, that um, being said though, there is, there, there are so, some things you know, to look <laughs> out for. So, um, let's say, let's just, you can handle all the leads. Uh, here's what I would do. So you ran 20 bucks in 24 hours. That's $20 a day. I'm going to assume you set this up on a daily budget and not a lifetime one. Um, because if you set up a lifetime where there's a clear cut beginning and end date, it's a lot harder to manage this. So the first thing I would say is set up all your campaigns from a $5, $20 a day budget, and then turn them off manually when they're either working or not. Because if you try to go from a life cycle one um, and then keep extending it, not good. The other thing is you really want to keep campaigns alive until the frequency reaches about five or six. So let's say you're running this to a thousand people and you've already got 5,000 impressions. That means those 1,000 people have each seen that ad five times. Your cost per click is gonna go way up. Your cost per lead is gonna go way up. And thus, you're gonna to need to shut off that ad and make adjustments to the ad image, the headline, and then turn it back on. So I would run it until it's about at a five or six frequency. You can get that number from Facebook. It's called frequency, it's on your ad. Um, and then you're, you'll be, you'll be effective up until that point. The third thing I would say is I would turn that ad back on because Facebook does this thing called ad scoring. 
where the first day they're just serving your ad slowly trying to figure out if this is good or not. Facebook's highly attentive to whether an ad negatively impacts their newsfeed. So if someone sees your ad and then closes the app and like that's everyone's like intention, they're going to charge you like a hundred dollars a click. But if everyone that sees your ad clicks, shares, comments, and likes it, they're going to charge you like they're going to pay you to run that ad basically. Um, so you want to keep that same ad for let's say a week just to get that, that frequency up. We have an ad right now with an ad score of like eight and a half, nine out of 10, um, which means that for that targeting audience, this ad is like, it's, it's candy. It's awesome. And so the leads that come through there are cheaper and the, it gets tons of good comments and it turns into this nice piece for your business. That's almost like, sending a flyer around that has a bunch of you know positive comments likes and testimonials on it that's going to convert better um so you want to keep them up into the point that they're at like a five or six frequency and you want to set them up with those daily budgets so that it's easier to do that so i think that would be my approach to that excellent <clears throat> excuse me excellent um, Kelvin, I'm sure you were probably chomping at the bit to get in on this one too. No, Tyler beat me to it. I was going to say the same thing in terms of just letting the ad, not setting an end date and basically just pausing the ad when you want. So that way the ad actually keeps all of the engagement um, and all of the stats and you're not having to start over. Um, right. Also, I would just say, John, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I also said he on the question, he said, assuming I have the capacity to handle the leads, I would never think uh, that way. I would assume you can handle all the leads always take every lead that you can possibly get and then from there see how a many lot of those after you've grown it that you can convert but i would now. never say I, like a lot of the leads you're buying on facebook yeah. are actually buying business for six to 12 months down the road and then the occasional one will be ready to do a deal now so i would like buy those and then in six months like have figured your 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 stuff out and have an assistant ready to roll with it um the other thing i'd say you ask the, exactly I just saw it, the life cycle of a campaign i would say that this thing can be good probably if your audience is big enough for about a month to two months with the same image and headline after that you can use the same angle in the same approach just go to your stock photo or go to your your you know facebook has stock photos built in go there swap out the image swap out the headline keep the same angle you can probably keep the same landing page um but get those and you'll actually see like different results it might be cheaper it might be slightly more expensive if it's too much more expensive then you know go back to the drawing board and find um, a different one to go with there so that's probably the life cycle of it. It's forever for the angle, um, but it's not that long for the image and headline. Mm -hmm. Right. So let me, I, sorry, I was, I was drawing down notes here while you guys were talking, um, and I might have not heard this when you guys were speaking. Let me ask you this. Um, speaking of life cycles of the ad, right? Uh, is there a, is there a decent time to hold off on running the ad, or if it's been productive, you just want to immediately change everything out and then just pump it back out again, or do you want to wait maybe a few weeks and run maybe a different ad? Use what works. Or it's hard enough like to find what works. Let's use it. <laughs> yeah. Um, if it's not yeah, broke, don't fix like, it. Right. That's the mentality. So we have awesome. in our ad Love budget, it. we break it down by proven and testing, and so the. If you think of it as a as a pie, most of the pie, the ad money goes to the proven stuff, and then we're always testing things so that we can find better angles, better ways to execute on the current angles, and things like that. So you might want to allocate 10 to 20% of your budget to testing stuff out, um, but when you find something that works, sink money into it. Fantastic. Yep. 
and you have a starting point now. You have a goal to beat. You really need it's your job is not to to ride this ad as long as you possibly can until it finally dries up. It's to while it's running in sync, start experimenting with another one and uh, and get that one productive. You know that's going to be a few campaigns or you know it could be up to five thousand campaigns. Uh, but you need to start looking for the next one. So because. I mean, if you're doing great with one, then having two on top of each other that are both producing are going to be just, you're going to learn more about your clients faster. You're going to get data faster. And, you're gonna and here's a little trick for you too, John. Um, so you got those 12 leads. Let's say you run that and you get 150 leads. I think you need a hundred of them to do this, but you get those hundred leads. You can then download the CSV file of that or you know, download it from your lead site, the CSV file. You can take that, you can go over back to Facebook ads, you can upload that CSV file, and now you can say, create a lookalike of these 100 people. And so what you just did is you've gone to Facebook and said, hey, these people converted, I really like them. Go find me more like 50,000 people that are like these 100 people. And Facebook will do it. And your cost per acquisition, your cost per lead will go down in almost every time. Every time we've done that, it's gone down like dramatically. Because like we started this podcast with, you're, instead of targeting by uh, like some random stuff that you thought of in your head, Facebook's going out there and they're literally matching mil like hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of data points about these hundred people to find people that are really close to them with the same mentalities who will respond similarly to your ad. Um, so I would try that out too. After, but, but like I said, that's, that goes into the 10%, 20% testing part of your budget while you're running 80% of your budget on the proven stuff that works. Awesome. Well, there you have it. That was pretty fantastic. These were some fantastic questions this week. Um, really, really excited and stoked to see that you guys are still generating leads, which is fantastic. I think that's a great ad run and, and campaign. And like like Robert said, you folks, you know, you guys have a you have a a goal to beat, which is the most important thing. Um, it's working for you, which is fantastic. Um, with that said, I think that we can wrap. It's safe to say we can wrap it up. We got a good half an hour of questions in. There wasn't really any crazy news from NAR. There wasn't any crazy statistics this week. Um, next week, these lucky boys will actually be in New York City for um, Inman. <laughs> Tyler's super excited about it and can't wait. He's jumping, He's jumping out of his seat. people face to face. Are you kidding um, me? So the next podcast... <laughs> <laughs> the next podcast will probably be on Friday and we'll discuss that a little bit more and then obviously answer some more fantastic questions that you folks have. Uh, and that's all we have. So if you guys want to say goodbye or have any more comments. Yeah, thanks for the good questions and beats. I love yeah. answering goodbye. like these really specific questions. I think we can, can all grow and learn together from this. So keep doing those ads. I love them. Absolutely. Yeah, do the ads. And then also, you know, if you folks really want to send those questions into BeatZillow, um, you know, specifically send it to support at easyagentpro.com in an email and say, hey, this is a question that I had for the podcast, uh, specifically for Robert, for Tyler, for Kelvin. And uh, we'll answer it on this week's podcast. We do have a Twitter. We do have all sorts of stuff. So feel free to send us some good stuff. <laughs> it's yes, it's right. at Easy yep. Agent Pro, right? Am I right this time? All right. I think it's time to at wrap Easy this Agent thing Pro up. Everything. There it is. <laughs> Later, at everyone. Easy Agent Pro everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have a good one, guys. See you, EAP family. Later.
Thank you for listening to In The Lead. If you have enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com. And as always, we'll see you later.